Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services, services, services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Deeds. With me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? A uh, really good week. Really good week. Uh, Madison went back to school in person for the first time since the end of March of 2020. Uh, she started Monday. Uh, she's in, a, you know, doing really well. She's enjoying it. She's happy to be amongst her friends once again. Uh, of course, this, you know, as always, we played D and D this week, which was a great time. Yeah, we actually killed something that was major. Yeah, you had some major developments happen uh, due to the alerting of all the creatures in the cave. <laughs> yeah. That was fun, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, let's see what else is going on this week. Since last week, I finished Better Call Saul uh, with the last episode. I started watching Breaking Bad again. Because it's been about five or six years since I watched it. And I got to go on record to say Better Call Saul is the better show. That's weird because I feel like you need, you you need, need Breaking, Breaking Bad, to watch, Bad to watch Better Call Saul. Yes and no. You can watch totally Better Call Saul first and then watch Breaking Bad and not be lost at all. Because Better Call Saul gives you so much backstory and information on the people you saw in Breaking Bad. Okay, well. Uh, That's interesting. But, you know, it's 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 really good. It's really, really good. Uh, uh, I really do think it's the superior show. And I'm not alone in that thought. There's a large consensus of people out here that think it's a better show. But yeah, that's been my week. Just uh, painting, um, painting, and watching Breaking Bad and playing D and D, and just enjoying things. You know, adjusting to the kid being out of the house and back in school. Uh, so it's it's been it's been a good week. How how about you? What's what's new with you this week? How's your week? Uh, not much happened until Monday. Um, but, uh, as may, a lot of you may know, I, my car broke down, so I had to start looking for another job because I was doing DoorDash and, um, I've been applying on ZipRecruiter for a lot of jobs, just kind of whatever I can find. And I found one, um, on Monday morning, I was getting ready to take a shower and I was just kind of looking at my phone, waiting for the water to warm up. And I see a, an email from them saying that there was a location that was hiring. So I look at it and I look at the listing and it, 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 it was fine. It was all in lowercase, which I thought was weird, but it was fine. And I, um, uh, so I apply for it, you know, whatever. Later in that day, I needed to, um, uh, I need to go grocery shopping. So I'm sitting downstairs waiting for the person to come with the car to take me to the store. And I get a call and it's, it's that it's the gentleman that, you know, put up the listing. And he says, uh, it was a really weird call because he seemed 
not 100% like there or caring enough. Like, it was fine. He just kind of goes, um, Hi, this is Greg. And I said, Yeah, this is Greg. He goes, Yeah, I'm uh, Steve. Uh, he didn't say his name. He's like, Yeah, I, I put in a, a, a job offer onto ZipRecruiter. And I was like, Yeah. Like, wait for him to say the next thing. I was like, Do you want to set up an interview? And he goes, Yeah. And I was like, That was a weird interaction. Um, he goes, uh, can you come in today? And I said, uh, I can't right now. I'm, I'm busy, but I can try to come in tomorrow morning. He goes, yeah, come in tomorrow morning. So I go there at eight in the morning and it's what the job entails. It's a, it's a U-Haul distributor and, uh, the kind of like a local one. And he, uh, he's teaching me like showing me the computer again. I go in and there, it wasn't an interview. I was hired before I walked in that front door. Like he was determined to hire me regardless. And he kind of warns me of a few things. Like there's going to be some customers that are assholes or whatever. I was like, yeah, I get it. Uh, And he's showing me the system and I'm like, that's not too difficult. That's not too bad. That's fine. I can do that. No big deal. Like I'll learn that. And then he says, you know, when somebody wants to, you know, get a trailer, you have to go out there and help them. If someone's returning one, you have to go out there and take a picture of the of certain things. He's like, okay. He's like, you have to do this U-Haul University. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So I do all of that. I stay there for about two hours. We're good. I fill out paperwork. Good. Done and done. Um, Congratulations, uh, by the way. Thank you. I head home. I'm telling everybody, I call everybody. I'm letting everyone know I got a job. I got a job. And they're like, "Yay!" And he got, you know, they wanted me to come in Thursday, start Thursday morning. So I get there this morning. We're recording this Thursday, by the way, because of She-Hulk, which honestly might change because of what you're gonna hear. Uh, I wish I had better news. Um, the job is a little bit of a pain in the ass. So. Obviously, the weekend is really busy. But when people return the vehicles, they park it in a spot, and then we have to go out there and put and and, and uh, put it in a different spot so that way people can get it later. You know, whenever somebody wants to pick it up or they have a scheduled one or whatever. And the issue at hand is I am too large to get behind the wheel of a U-Haul vehicle. I just am. So trying to turn the steering wheel and it's just rubbing against my gut and it's like I have to tug it like this just to turn it, that's a problem. And I know that I'm just parking them. I'm just reversing them. But even in that regard, like I have no experience driving anything larger than a sedan. So as I might agree, it is good experience. Not being this size makes a good experience. So on top of that, like, as I'm trying to learn the system, something constantly goes wrong. All day, something would happen. There was a handful of times where it was, like, really well put together, but every other time it was just a pain in the ass. I wish I could come back today after having my first day at work and be like, it was great. It wasn't. It just wasn't. I don't know. Maybe there's two factors into it. Maybe it's because it's full time. 
there's not a whole lot of AC in that place. Like it gets really hot. Like it was cooler outside at 89 degrees than it was inside that place. Maybe it's the fact that, yeah, like I said, it's full time. I'm not, I'm not used to full time. By the time two o'clock hit, I'm like, like I'm dead tired. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. But anyway, enough of the bad news. Um, if I keep doing this job, which I don't know, we'll, we'll see how tomorrow goes. We'll see how this weekend goes. I'll, I'll give it a week. I genuinely will. Or I'll give it however long it takes me to find another job. I don't fucking know. Um, maybe it'll get better. Maybe I'll learn the system better and like it'll get better. Maybe Steve will be like, yeah, don't worry about moving the vehicles. Which would be great. But. Um, sorry. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> You're fine. Uh. I don't know. It wasn't bad. Steve and Linda are super nice. They understand where I'm coming from for the most part, but they're like, like I'd come up to Linda and be like, I can't move that 27 inch. And she's like, really? I was like, or 20, sorry, 27 foot. I was like, I can't move that 27 foot. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't have any experience driving it. I, I can't fit behind the wheel. Like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to move that thing without hitting something. And she was like, really? I was like, oh yeah. And she was like, okay, I'll go take care of it. And I'm like, thank you. I really appreciate that. Maybe if it was a circular lot and I didn't have to reverse everything. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. That's It's just too much. It's so stressful. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I just don't. I'm not enjoying I'm not. <sighs> anyway. Like, honestly, I put an application at Walmart to be a shopper. I'd rather do that. It's a, yeah. it's a part-time job, and I'd rather do that. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Um, we're talking about three things today. So some of you may have noticed I posted it on uh, Facebook. I don't, I don't think we posted it on any other social site, a social media site, unfortunately. But... Uh, Sandman had a surprise 11th episode come out of nowhere on Netflix. So we'll we'll be talking about that. Uh, we're going to talk about episode one of House of Dragon, House of the Dragon, which is the new Game of Thrones show. And uh, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, episode two. So, um, but I figure we'll start with, what do you want to start with, Maya? May as well start with the Sandman. I agree. Uh, so yeah, this actually had two stories in it. Yeah, one was more like a full-length episode, and the other one was like a 15-minute animated short. Yeah. The short was, uh, oh, I apologize. Uh, the short uh, was about a cat who was listening to another cat who had a run-in with uh, Dream from the main series. But Dream was in the form of, what, a wolf? No, the king cat. of cats. The, the king, king of, of cats. cats. Yeah, the episode or the, the short was called um, uh, "Dreams of a Thousand Cats." Yeah, something like that. Dreams of a Thousand Cats, I think. Yeah, because the primary story was about the, the 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 main cat watched her kittens be killed by humans. Uh, discovered like via dream that in a dream 
that uh, humans were once small, but like a thousand of them dreamed at the same time, and then they became larger than cats. But then technically, that that original like the humans used to be small never actually happened, or some shit like that. Like it was very poetic. And then afterwards, the cat telling the story was like talking to the to the kitten who we've seen in the main part of the story um talk about how like she she believes the the, the main cat and, and i was kind of like okay that was that was cool i guess <laughs> it's fine yeah basically the whole thing is if she can convince a thousand other cats to dream that dream they all dream it on the same night then the cats will be able to take back over it's what it was yeah and it was fine i didn't see anything wrong with it but uh i i didn't i didn't i know it's 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 forgetful it's super forgetful i don't know how did you feel about it i liked it fine um but the other part of the episode was much more enjoyable for me Calliope. 100 a hundred percent yeah um I was looking up the the cast for Dream of a Thousand Cats and like Sandra O oh is the prophet, the one that's mm -hmm. telling the story. Um, David Tennant was in it. Um, yeah, Neil Gaiman was the crow. James McAvoy was the golden haired man. Mm -hmm. David Tennant was Don. I don't remember who Don was. I think he was the jerk that drowned the kittens. Okay. Wow. Michael Sheen was Paul. Who the fuck was Paul? Maybe Paul was the one who drowned the kittens. I don't know. Yeah, but it had like this big cast and then... Oh, it's mixing up fucking... Never mind. Sorry, the cast list is mixing up both Dream of a Thousand Cats and Calliope. That's the problem. IMDb was mixing them up, so I was very good. I was like, huh? But what? Anyway, well, let's talk about Calliope. That was an interesting uh very entertaining episode um and it arthur darvel aka rory from fucking doctor who from the matt smith episodes uh he plays a writer and this writer he has been struggling for a couple of years to come up with his next book that he has been contracted to release as a result, he seeks out help from another author. This author happens to have one of the fabled muses of old in his possession and bequeaths her to uh, Arthur Darvel's character. I'm trying to think of his name, Rick, uh, Richard, Richard... Uh, Maddock. Maddock, yeah. Richard Maddock, who shortened his name to Rick Maddock. I know, really. Um, but yeah, the next thing you know, he has his own muse, and at first, she pleads with him. She's like, please let me go. And he says, I can't. I need you. I need a story. And she essentially tells him, you let me go, and you'll have your story. And he says, I'll let you go after you give me a story. To which she refused. And then he was trying to win her affection by gifting her items and things like that. 
eventually it wasn't shown on the screen, but it is implied that he raped her to take what he wanted. Uh, was it? I thought he beat her. Oh, no, he raped her. Because in the comic, he rapes her. Oh. But this was a, a, a way to, to depict the rape without depicting the rape unnecessarily. You see that he comes from the room and he's got the long scratch on his face where she tried to fight him off. Uh, I saw the scratch, but I thought that was just, I thought, I thought he was just trying, I thought he just beat her, beat her, I thought he just beat her. But well, it's far worse. But the next thing you know, he starts being able to churn out pages like a madman. Fast forward, uh, he's written another very successful book, and she's his captive. Uh, she's tried to convince him to let her go and he's like but we have all this success we're enjoying these things and she's like I'm not enjoying these things you're enjoying these things just let me go and he refuses so she puts out a plea to uh, Morpheus uh, come to find out Morpheus and her were married in the past and had a child together. The child is no longer alive. And Morpheus agrees to help her. Uh, and the outcome of it was pretty satisfying. Yeah, um, I completely agree. It was uh, like... I don't know why it wasn't a full-length episode or a, a, a part of the main, like, season, if you will. Yeah. Because I thought it was such a good one, like... And that's the thing. It's like a one-shot. Uh, one-shot, thank you. That's what I was looking for. I was like, one shot. Like, like, the first season was like two trade paperbacks condensed into ten episodes, two five-story arc episodes, or two two five episode arcs this wouldn't have fit in uh and that's you know but it fit in perfectly as a standalone after we have the establishment of the world and the lore that's going on and the fact that morpheus has in fact uh changed himself uh his character is softening. He's becoming more sympathetic. Uh, things like that. Because she actually says, you've changed. The Morpheus of old would never come. He said, you called, I came. I want to help. You know, and she was just steadfast in her belief that prior to his imprisonment, he wouldn't have helped her. He wouldn't have shown up. And he all but confirms that, essentially. He's like, you're right. Before, I wouldn't have, but I'm here now, and I want to help. Really well done. Really well done. I thought the acting yeah. was spot on all around. Yeah. Like, it was, I loved the, the comeuppance that he got. Um, because she wanted to forgive him. She wanted to, you know, get rid of his... You know, the, the thing that Dream gave him. But Dream took away 
more than that. And I was like, oh, that's clever. That's fucking, that's a smart ending. Yeah, yeah. So, I was happy with it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, well, let's go ahead and give the episode a grade. Um, I don't think there's much more to bring up because we talked about how like well acted it is and stuff like that. So, uh, I give I give the uh, I would give the short a B, and I would give the main part uh, Calliope. I'd give Dream of a Thousand Cats a B, and I'd give Calliope an A plus. Uh, overall, as an episode, I would average it out to an A. Um. Uh- you know, I think I honestly mirror that. I mean, I might give like their Dream of a Thousand Cats a B minus just because like it's it's just forgettable. Like, I think you know when when like season two of of, of Sandman eventually happens, will I remember Dream of a Thousand Cats? Probably not that much. Or if I have a conversation with somebody about the show, I'm gonna bring up Calliope before I bring up Dream of a Thousand Cats. I'm gonna bring up other parts of that show before I bring up a dream of those cats. So, um, but Calliope is so fucking good that, yeah, the whole, the whole short, like that ele- episode 11 gets a solid a awesome. So, um, well, let's go ahead and move on to house of the dragon episode one on HBO max, the far in the past, uh, prequel to game of Thrones. 172 years in the past uh, yeah. is where it's set. And I'm sorry. I'm just going to go on record and say this. It should be called House of the Wyvern. Uh, it should also be called House of the... Huh? Okay. Well, the dragons, they're not dragons. They're wyverns. I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm just I'm being facetious because uh, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Um, the plot is all about the Targaryens. It's about their family 176 years prior to everything that happens to Daenerys. Um, and, and, and it comes at the height of the House Targaryen's power, at the end of the first century of their power, like 101 years or 100... Well, it starts out 101 years into their power and then the old king appoints his successor since he didn't have a direct heir himself he appointed his heir in a ceremony which happened to be a male heir over the uh female heir because there were two that had legitimate claims um 10 years later that male heir, King Viserys, he's shown his wife's pregnant, about to give birth. Uh, his brother, played brilliantly by Matt Smith, uh, plays Damon Targaryen. He's the commander of the City Watch. Uh, really like his character. I'll say this much about Matt Smith's character. Everything about his character is menacing and 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 terrifying and he fucking kills it then he opens his mouth oh and his voice like i love you matt your voice is not intimidating at all like that 
that shot early on in the episode where he's trying to rally the troops to, I don't know, mutilate a fucking bunch of people for whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, the, getting cracking down on crime essentially. Right. His, like, okay, you're a rapist. We cut off your penis. You're a thief. Which, we cut off your hand. You're a murderer. We cut off your head. I don't think we needed to see that super close, but here we are. Um, but he opens his mouth and he starts like trying to rally the troops, and I'm just like, I don't. That was weak. This is weak. Like, hey guys, we have to do our job, and, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, like it just didn't. I don't know. It threw me out of it for like a second because I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm. I'm. You don't agree, but um, no, I. I didn't have that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to kind of cement my feelings about the episode because there are a lot of moments in it that are cool. The jousting scene, pretty fucking cool. I enjoyed that. Uh, but it felt weird to have the showrunners come out publicly before the show comes out and be like, this is going to be more feminist than Game of Thrones was. Like, we're going to definitely push in that direction. Like, we're patting ourselves on the back. But then have that pregnancy scene. It Like, I get that it makes sense for the setting. But it felt, I don't know, there was something off about it. I How didn't enjoy it. Well, you're not supposed to enjoy it. I mean, it's a tragic scene. It's an awful thing. Not what I mean by that. <laughs> there, like, I enjoy the Red Wedding. It fucking sucks, but it's good storytelling. I don't feel the same about what we saw. You don't feel that was good for the story and how it was not told? That, not, like, the way that it was told. Like, I felt like it would have been more impactful from a storytelling element to have the king be told, hey, there's a problem with the birth. He takes off. You see a scene, like, before they showed this, the, the, the attempt at a C-section. Um, you see that whole scene. And... And then you see the victory... Or, or, you know, the, the, the jousting fight, right? You see all that. And then it cuts to the king being by her side and crying because she died during childbirth and that the baby died along with her. Having the entire C-section scene, having her cut out, you see the baby kind of start to come out and then the baby, like, take its last breath. Like, it was all too much. It was just too much. Like, I get tragedy, I get that it's meant to be sad, but it just felt like they were, they're trying to be edgy. That makes sense? No, I, I get that. And it's like, you know, previously when we talked about Sandman just a moment ago, the rape scene, the rape itself is not depicted, it's implied, which can make it very impactful. You're saying that this was too impactful. Not just too impactful, but like too visceral. Too visceral. Like I, I, I'm, I'm all for gore in certain movies. Or too sorry about that, everybody. I am pouring water for myself because it is hot. 
Um, for audio listeners, she just peed in a bottle. <laughs> I forgot that I was going to make audio, and I was like, oh, whatever. Um, but yeah, just like... I just don't remember any any scenes from the original Game of Thrones that were as visceral as like that opening shot of like cutting off hands and dicks to a woman getting a C-section dying. I don't remember scenes from Game of Thrones that were that bad. Like if they did show something of a dismemberment, the camera was cut right as it happened and you knew that it happened. You didn't have to see it. Well, these are a different showrunning team than the original Game of Thrones showrunners, correct? But you were building off of the excitement for Game of Thrones, which, let's be honest, is a hard task to already tackle considering season eight. Um, I didn't have a problem with season eight. I'm not saying you. I'm saying in general. Um, oh, I know. I know a lot of people dislike it. I well, I mean, it I, have, I, have, I have problems with season eight. Like... It's that sh- that that le- the last two seasons of Game of Thrones were rushed, one hundred percent rushed. You and I talked about it. A lot of the points that happened, we kind of saw coming. They hinted at it. They alluded to it. There was a lot of like foreshadowing, but then when they started having to kind of make the story based off of nothing and just like bullet points by George R. R. Martin, R. R. Martin, the show kind of went off the rails a little bit and rushed a story that didn't need to be rushed. Uh, for example, you know, if the White Walkers are this big threat that are constantly hinted at every season, multiple episodes, and the entire fight with them is a two-hour episode, that's weak. It's real weak. Like, I'm sorry, it just is. Was the episode cool? Sure. Would have been a badass movie? Absolutely. It felt unsatisfying. Like, I've tried and tried and tried to defend that shit, and I just can't. I can't anymore. It's just not It's not great. It's not bad. Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, this show is all at Game of Thrones is ruined because of season eight, like some people, because that's dramatic. But, like, there's a lot of stuff in that last season that kind of sucks. Like, it just feels unsatisfying comparative to the rest of the show. And so when you when you make a prequel or a sequel in the case of like let's say Better Call Saul prequel slash sequel, I don't know how to put that in its right place, but uh, you have to you have to build your show based on the excitement of that new thing. I think when a new Star Wars things comes uh, comes out, we're excited that it's Star Wars, right? It has to invoke a certain emotion for us to be interested in it. And when it comes to House of Dragon, at least the first episode, I mean, we're going to continue watching it for the sake of this podcast. Um, it felt like they were trying too hard to garner that audience from Game of Thrones. Instead of just being its own show, or the inverse, where they're trying to be their own show and went too far. I think that's where my problem lies. Like, it feels like they're trying to imitate instead of be their own thing within the same universe. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. Is anything that I'm saying making a lick of sense? <laughs> making perfectly fine sense. I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, I think a lo- also part of the problem is it's three years removed from Game of Thrones, and the ending soured a lot of people on the series. Um, but me, I, you know, I watched it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't have that whole uh, watching from year to year, waiting from week to week. I started watching Game of Thrones two weeks before the series finale aired back in 2019. And then I watched it in its entirety uh, over the course of about three weeks. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think it was as wonderful end-all, be-all that people made it out to be, especially the first five or six seasons. I thought it was quality. I thought it was very good. Um, I think but, Game of Thrones definitely benefited from like a week-to-week kind of viewing where you could you could talk about it leading up yeah, to the... Yeah. I don't think this is going to do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that it had a lot of people hopped for it, though, because HBO Max, the app itself, fucking crashed Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, so there was hop for it, but we'll see how many of those come back after this first episode. I myself, you know, I'm going to continue to watch it. I thought it was fine. Um, yeah. I'll continue to watch it as well. I think, you know, that <clears throat> I'm interested to see where the story goes. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think it was a super solid first episode. Poisonally. Well, without giving too much away, because it's a very convoluted, there's, very a, convoluted. there's a lot going on. Uh, you basically see Viserys fail to receive his male heir, and his brother has been always known as the next living heir. Um, we see traits in his brother that basically cause most of the king's advisory council to not want his brother anywhere near the throne, let alone the council itself. Um, We see his daughter, Rhaenyra, or Rhaenyris, or whatever her name is. Is it Rhaenyris? I don't know. They all have, like, an extra A in their fucking names, and it doesn't, like... I hate the way that the Targaryens spell their goddamn names. Yeah. Anyway... We're going to call her not Daenerys. So, not Daenerys. Uh, she's got her own storyline going on. She, yeah. It's it's convoluted. There's a lot to run down. The CGI is good. But those aren't dragons. They're fucking wyverns. Sorry. <laughs> it's House of the Wyverns. Anybody that disagrees with me. I find it funny that that's your sticking point. Because dragons are my thing, man. Well, I understand that. 
And you're not wrong. They're wyverns. However, uh, I don't... How do I put this without sounding super fucking uh, conceited? Oh, you're fine. The dragon part is is mainly the fact that uh, they do have control of dragons. Yeah. Granted, the only ones we see are wyverns. Yeah. And of course, you know, King Viserys says in the end, he's like, it's not the fact that we control the dragons. It's the fact that it's the illusion that we control the dragons. It's a power we should never have. And then he actually goes in to explain what the uh, first Targaryen uh, king saw in a vision or a dream or what have you. And it was essentially the foretelling of the fall of mankind uh, through this horrible winter that will sweep from the north. He's like, the only way we can, that mankind will survive is if a Targaryen sits on the throne and guides us through this. Well, we know how that turned out. That I think that's another sticking point problem that I have with the episode. I wasn't going to bring it up just because I felt like a little bit of a spoiler, but that I have a problem with that. Well, how he, he also referred to it as like, this is what is known as the Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's not fucking on the nose at all, is it? Yeah, that to me was a little like I was like I don't I don't know about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. Like, I honestly don't think I can give this episode any higher than a C. Like a C is a passing grade. You'll get by with a C, but it's nothing impressive. It's nothing to write home about. I'll give it a B for the lore. Um, for the lore, not for the storytelling, for the lore. Uh, it could have been higher had those dragons actually had four fucking legs instead of fucking two. Yeah. And I don't, I'm sorry, but anybody that says, but they do have four legs. The four, the four, no, those are arms that are attached to their wings. Dragons do not have arms attached to their wings. Their wings are separate on their backs and they have four legs. Wyverns have two legs, two wings with hands. (laughs) Sorry. I'll agree with you. If anyone calls them in the show dragons, Oh, I have a fucking question for you. I just thought of this. What the fuck does a dragon smell like? How are you going to make three references to somebody smelling like dragon as if we know what the fuck that smells like? Well, having kept iguanas in my younger days, uh, reptiles do have an odor. I've no doubt that they do. I'm just curious, like, can we get sub-descriptor that tells us how bad they smell? Worse than a horse. Worse than a horse. I'm going to assume worse than a horse. Um. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That was the, just funny the, the music's the music's fine. The cinematography's beautiful. The fucking effects are great. The acting's fine. It's just the story's not quite there. Not, not, yet. not not for a first episode. 
it, we'll it's see. it's good. It's not great. It's got uh, some big shoes that it's trying to step into. Yeah, I feel like we'll get to it in a minute here, but if you're going to make references to things in your show, which I don't have a problem with, maybe less on the nose. Like, I think I've said this before. If your references make me feel like the director sitting next to you, nudging you with his elbow, going, hey, 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 did you catch that? Did you catch that? I don't really like it. And that's what him being like, I called it a song of ice and fire. I'm like, ah, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, it's it's fine. Serviceable. See, you know, it's average. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. I think we should leave it at that and move on to move on to She-Hulk, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, episode two of She-Hulk uh, starts off with Jennifer after the aftermath of, of the end of last week, the first episode where she you know, takes on Titania. And uh, um, she ended up winning the case, but the opposing attorneys rule uh, argued to the judge after right. the trial that because she intervened and saved the jury, the jury was biased on her, her behalf and had it declared a mistrial. So she ended up losing the case and to her chagrin lost her job because the head of her firm that she was with at the time said that he couldn't afford to have a distraction like that on his team. Yeah. Uh, to which we see her applying for jobs and she's turned down left and right because everybody knows now that she is what the media has started referring to as the She-Hulk, uh, a name which she hates. Um, and then one night she's out in a bar and it's apparently a bar where a lot of attorneys gather and stuff. Uh, and she's approached by the head of the law firm that she defeated in that case, but subsequently lost to after the uh, overruling of the, you know, decision. Uh, he's like, look, you beat us. So I want to hire you. He's like, come in Monday. So she comes in Monday. She's all excited. He's like, oh, well, I hired you because we've got a superhuman defense division and your first client's going to be Emil Blonsky, AKA the abomination. And also we hired you because you're She-Hulk. So we want She-Hulk to represent us and She-Hulk to be the face of this division. So Hulk up <laughs> to which yeah. she's really conflicted about because of the past between abomination and her cousin, Bruce, which Everybody, if you remember the Edward Norton Hulk movie, uh, when it was kind of, you know, not so much Savage Hulk, but Hulk being tracked down by Blonsky and Blonsky giving the super soldier serum and then going on a rampage to kill a target that was ordered by the government. Um, you know, this is before Hulk became the Hulk that he is now. 
yeah. you know, there's that whole thing. Uh, and they touch on the past of it and everything. Uh, she goes and visits Blonsky in his, in his prison cell. Which was a uh, funny scene because she's not allowed to have powers in there, so she had to depower. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, she meets with him. He convinces her to take the case. And she calls Bruce to see if he's okay with it. He's like, yeah, go for it. He's like, we patched things up. He's a good, sweet dude. And it ends with her taking the job. Um, you know, we see her actually have an awkward family dinner. Do you notice yeah. who's playing her dad? Uh, I recognize him, but I, I couldn't put a fucking name to the face. Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers, Mark Lynn that's, Baker. That's that's right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I could not. I, I was trying my damnedest to figure out who that was. I should have looked it up, but I was also, you know, this morning I watched it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it gave us a lot. We see uh, in the phone conversation that Bruce is having with Jennifer. Um. He's on an alien ship. He's on a Shikari warship, and he's, or some type of ship. I don't know. Was it Shikari? Sakari? How do they say it's, it? It's Sakar. Sakar. Sakari. Sakari. Okay. It looks like uh, it looks like a sh- the same kind of ship that the Grandmaster has. Which there's been a lot of speculation as to what, like, why he's going back to Sakar. Um, and a lot of people are under the assumption he has a kid. That it's going to be uh. What was his name in the comics? Oh. Kid Hulk on the Avengers, whatever his name was. No, Kid Hulk is different. Kid Hulk isn't even related to the Hulks. He's not even a Hulk. Um, hang on. Give me two Hold seconds. on, I just Googled it. Yeah, his name's Scar. 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 Scar, yeah, Scar. Scar. S-K-A-A-R. Yeah, um, Kid Hulk. What the fuck is Kid Hulk? Because Kid Hawk is also gay and has pissed off a lot of people. But uh, maybe Kid Hulk is a Hulk? The fuck is Kid Hulk? Anyway, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about who or why why he's going back there. And, and to have like Hulk's son show up much later in the MCU for whatever reason would be pretty cool. I think it'd be pretty neat. But we'll see. Anyway, back to Jennifer's story. I mean, that's pretty much it. It was a twenty-five minute episode. Yeah, there was some. There was some really. I, there were some bits in there that I thought were really, really, really smart. Um, but it's also like what again? As as I stated prior to us watching the show, like before it came out, it's it's uh. Um, Jen, you know, wants to be a lawyer first and a superhero fifth. She yeah. doesn't even really want to be a superhero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When she took this job, she, you know, like they were saying, like, you have to be hulked up all the time. And she's like, even in the courtroom, she, he's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but then the end of this episode was a direct reference to what we saw in Shang-Chi. Which is pretty great. Did you what say did that? We, what did we say in what did we see in Shang Chi? 
uh, abomination fighting. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the Wong. the cage fighting abom- ab- abomination fighting Wong. Yeah, because someone took a video. Arguably, one of the characters is on Shang Chi. Who knows? But yeah, so there's there's that whole like connection there, which is great. People like are confused. Like this takes place before Shang Chi. I don't understand Shang Chi. Sorry. Uh, I don't understand how that works. It's like, dude, like all of these shows and things have happened roughly at the same time. Like there are hints in every one of these things to tell you when it takes place. Relax. Um, there was also a reference to Wolverine. I showed you that this morning. Yeah, I didn't catch it actually. Did you catch it or did you see it on? I saw it on on because I because I go to my Twitter account like I go to trending and I saw that Wolverine was trending and I was like for what? And people were like, a man with uh, metal claws has a, a, a bar fight or something like that. And I was like, oh my god, that's absolutely Wolverine. No, another person that it could be. So, uh, but yeah, that was on Jen's laptop. Also, another Easter egg, I guess. Uh, Tying it into Eternals. There's, there's that one. Sorry, I was talking about her phone wallpaper. Her phone wallpaper is, is Captain America's ass. Oh yeah, hilarious. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, there's a, there's another spot that says, uh, "Why is there a giant?" like statue of a man in the middle of the ocean or wherever that like let's see i took i i took a picture i should fucking well you sent it to me so it should be in your message to me it says uh why is there a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean is what the thing says so uh yeah it's it's interesting i um i don't know i'm really digging this show I can't wait for more. Like, it sucks that we got a thirty minute. We get thirty minute episode every week instead of longer. But also at the same time, you know, we get nine. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I'm gonna give this episode a solid A. I don't think there was much wrong with it. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna give it an A as well. Uh, the there wasn't anything inherently wrong with it at all. It was an enjoyable episode. It had its serious bits. It had its story beats. It had its humorous bits. Um, you know, it's, but it's really tying into a lot of things uh, that most people probably didn't even give a thought to. <clears throat> yeah. What? The Sakarian ship that Hulk's leaving on, you know, where's that going to go? How's that going to play out into the next phase? Yeah. Uh, you know, the another mutant tease. A lot this of people one wasn't. Think... This one wasn't as in your face as the Captain Marvel mutant tease. No. no but it was, it was there. I think you meant Miss Marvel, but you said Captain Marvel, and I was like, Captain uh, Marvel. Yeah, I meant I went Miss Marvel. Yes, sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Is like the show needs to center around, um, Jennifer, with like absolutely a sprinkling of things here and there to remind you that where and how she exists in the Marvel universe 
there's going to be a lot of references, but like direct references, but still in control of Jennifer's story. And that's kind of what I was talking about with, with Game of Thrones or with the House of the Dragon is it felt like those moments that they were trying to give us were just like, you, you remember how you like Game of Thrones? Remember that? And it just kind of sucked. But here, you know, like Bruce literally saying out loud, like, oh, so long ago, I'm a different man. Literally. I was like, that is a fucking clever joke. Because it, it's a double entendre. He's differently. He's he's a literally a different man because he's a different Hulk. You know, he has the brains of Bruce, but the body of the Hulk. That's great. He's a different man, but he's also a different man because he's played by a different man. Yeah. From when Emil Blonsky and uh, uh, Tim Edward Roth were, Norton were there. Yeah. Edward Norton. Yeah. So it's little things like that that I love about this show. Like it's really clever in its writing, and and it's just a lot of fun. It's just fun. I think it's why I enjoy it, but. Um, the reason I don't, I don't, I'm not giving it a plus because is because like, uh, it felt a bit slower than last week. So I think I, I guess the problem that I have, if you want to call it that, is when you have episode one be at a certain pace and then episode two be a slower pace, it's like okay, what what's the whole show's pace? You know, like what's going to happen next week? Are we getting a slower pace? Are we getting the same pace as episode two? Like what what are we getting there? Was episode one just that fast pace to kind of get the, the origin out of the way? You know? So that's that's my only, like, and even if you want to call that a gripe, it is very tiny. Like, it does not matter. So. But, uh, but yeah. I think we'll wrap it up there. I want to go make something to eat, not just fucking chill after today. That's cool. That's um, cool. So one of the things I was getting at earlier, guys, is because I work Thursdays and getting off work at like super late and trying to record this late, it's just a hassle for me and I'd rather not do it. So we're going to record on th- on Wednesdays. What that means is that we won't have She-Hulk next week. We'll have House of the Dragon. I'm going to find something else that maybe we can throw in there, like a movie that, came, that comes out or something. Um, but next week, we're not going to have She-Hulk. The following week, we'll have episode three of She-Hulk. So just keep that in mind. Um, sorry in advance, I guess, but I just, I just can't do it. So, uh, so yeah, next week, House of the Dragon. That's all we got. Uh, keep an eye on the social medias because that is where you we'll, we'll post it. We'll try at least I'll, Maya has control of the Twitter. I don't, so I can't really post anything or do I? No, I do. I do have, I do have fun. Or do I? Do I? I don't. I don't you should i only have one shows one right here just one just mine so i need i need to get access to that again if i lost it or whatever um but yeah again we'll let you guys know and those links are going to be all down below uh just go you know go click on one of them and hit follow and uh, we'll keep you updated uh if you're looking for something to put on your body with our faces on it check out our teespring store you'll find uh t-shirts uh you know fall's coming up soon so we got hoodies over there um you can get a pint glass a coffee mug hell even a sticker and all proceeds go directly into this podcast paying for domains and computer parts if need be um if you want to watch the live video today's broadcast uh go on over to our youtube channel that's where you'll find that um link is also below 
Uh, if you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, uh, head on over to the Nirvana Network. There's plenty of shows with wonderful people talking about all sorts of stuff. It's uh, it's, it's it's pretty fun over there. Um, that link is also below. Uh, that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. It's also linked to my Twitter and Instagram accounts. So if you want to follow me on either of those, that's your one-stop shop to do so. Where can people find you, Greg? Uh, you can find me under Chub Rock Geek on all social medias. Um, that's it. That's all I got as well. Just Chub Rock Geek. It's called branding, folks. Um, but yeah, that's it. Like I said, next week is just House of the Dragon episode two um, until we find something else to add to it. Because uh, I can't, I can't do this. Like a lot of my day was already eaten up, and I just, I'm just too tired. I'm just too fucking tired to record. So. Uh, also, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fucking unknowns right now and I don't like it, but that's, you know, that is what it is. Um, but thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate you here. Always remember, fuck the GOP, fuck the NRA, donate and help while you can. And we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. <laughs>